Hello, sports fans out there. Welcome to our podcast today. This is Coach Eric Johnson, the brand. It's Coach Aaron Thigpen, the source. EJ, today's topic. You want to do the honors? Absolutely. Training smarter versus training harder. What's your take on it? You know, basically, you know, we have a lot of guys that think that sweating is the best way to go about it. If you sweat a lot, you're training you're training the way you should be training. Yeah. Um, actually, and, and you know what? Let's broaden this topic because we could probably go a lot of different ways. Sure and I, You know, I'm going to put it under the heading intelligent training. I like it. And so I, I guess to start with, let's go with the, the most obvious. Training harder, training smarter. And there just seems to be... <clears throat> this notion that more is better. And that's not always the case. Uh, One of the first things I learned becoming a professional level track and field athlete, and this is from the transition of college to professional after, is the actual small amount of work it takes to get to an elite level. Right. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't take work, but the work, the volume of work isn't as high as it really need as you might think. But what you do is you trade that volume, which is kind of a shotgun approach that's used at the high school and even at the collegiate level. Okay. You, you trade that for a sniper rifle where mm. you your training is actually higher quality and not only is it higher quality it's purposeful and I think what happens is when you have athletes who are kind of raw you can do a lot of things with them for instance if you have a sedentary athlete and all you do is give them hill sprints three times a week he's going to get faster It's not necessarily the hill sprints, but because they haven't done anything. And so once you've hit that plateau where the body has kind of started to work, you got to be a lot more intelligent about what you're doing with your athletes. And Mm -hmm. it's not just about giving them, you know, a bunch of reps to do. Again, you know, we hear the stories of, you know, I, I, I took a thousand swings and that's why. Why not take a hundred good swings and walk away? Why does it take a thousand? Yeah. You know, in one session. Yes. Why can't you have a hundred good swings over, I don't know. I mean, a thousand good swings over five days versus in one right. session. Right. I, I, I just don't follow that, that train of thought. Um, for a lot of reasons, overuse. Okay. Uh, the out of those thousand swings, how of them are quality? How many of those thousand swings have now ingrained ingrained improper movements because you've done them wrong? They yeah. take a thousand swings, but maybe seven hundred of them were wrong, and so now maybe you've ingrained wrong movement patterns seven hundred times versus the three hundred correct ones. So, I, I'm I'm a big fan of what I call 
the minimum effective dosage. Mm. So, you know, I guess it's, it's kind of a medical term. All I'm looking for is the correct response on the minimum amount of quality work. Because mm-hmm. that allows us to add other things in. It allows you greater recovery times. And you're you're not just beating up the body to beat up the body. I mean, uh-huh. there's this whole CrossFit fit mentality to training. And the parents, you know, bring the kids in. The first thing they'll say is, make them sweat. <laughs> like, you know, the kid's 10 years old. He doesn't have... He hasn't developed those sweat glands like that either. Or he may not be a kid who perspires. So, you know, what? What's the, that's not the purpose or the measurement of a quality workout. The measurement of a quality workout is what did you learn and can you put it into place? Mm-hmm. The, there's always going to be physical adaptation with the amount of work you do. And obviously, yes, you do want to put some stress on the body for that physical adaptation to occur. But there are some training sessions where it all happens up here uh, or it's neurological and there's not going to be an outside manifestation manifestation of, of sweat and being bent over tired and breathing hard and all the rest of that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what gets lost when we're talking about intelligent training. If right. you know the purpose of your workout, then you know probably what that end, what that workout's going to look like. Excuse me, in its end result, and you could be okay with that. There are right. days on the track where we did technique work, we didn't break a sweat, but we went through and we learned things about how we we're going to be racing that we put into place so that when competition came, they were second nature. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to you don't have to practice technique to the point of exhaustion. Right. I think in general, in, in the public eye, Aaron, you know, there's this overall mentality of more, more, more is better, better, better. You sweat more, you're working harder, and that's what they want. They want a bunch of hard workers. And you, if you do that, then good things happen and you keep on doing it, doing it. And you know, sometimes Aaron, you go nowhere. <laughs> Yeah. You do all that and you go nowhere and then they come back and say, God, you worked so hard. What happened? Well, it goes back to what you said. Work intelligently. Mm-hmm. Work intelligently. You know, when you when you said that, I, I thought the first thing I thought about was overuse injuries. You know, like I want my players to be able to repeat movements consistently. And if we're doing a thousand reps and they're only doing a hundred correctly, you know, I just wasted 900 reps doing it incorrectly. How can how consistent can I be now? I can't be consistent because I don't know how it feels. You know, and working with guys right now during um, during this period where they have a break and getting them in to the lab and working with them, and and I might say, okay, we're gonna do five of these, six of these, and eight of those. And then we're gonna take 20 live arms and we're gonna go rest curveballs and maybe 50 swings. But we're gonna talk for about 10 or 15 minutes about your purpose and how you hit those balls. And, you know, we're working intelligently together, you know, um, when you're working. I think a, a lot of people don't understand that, that you want players to be able to make these movements in game competition or in their event. 
And a lot of times doing it over and over and over again wrong does not allow that to happen. And I think that's what gets out of uh, out of sorts with people. They need to understand what you've mentioned earlier that being intelligent in your work is is highly important for for their athlete, your your son, your daughter, whatsoever. Um, you know, maybe ask them. You know, I, I always tell parents, you know, ask your kids what they learned today. When you went in and trained, what did you learn today? And how are you gonna make that better next session? Right. What are you gonna focus on next session to make that better or consistent? I think the key word here, Aaron, is consistency. Right. People need the consistency of the correct way to do things. Right. And I think you mentioned this, mentioned this earlier. Aaron, if I did the technique or skill 10 times correctly and i did it over a period of six days and i kept on doing it six days and i was consistent with it i'm gonna be better in the seventh eighth ninth and tenth day i'm just gonna be better exactly. I think a, lot, a lot of people don't understand that that you know people say hey why don't you know guy i can come to aaron every day and just be here and i can sweat hard and it's got i'm gonna get where i need to be well not necessarily if you come in and you have a plan with coach aaron and you know what you're working towards and you're doing it correctly, then you're going to be great. You know, so I, I you know, that's kind of like my take on it, Aaron, a little bit is that I see a lot of overuse injuries and that's another subject with kids just trying to do too much. I see they go to their high school and I'm gonna get off subject here for a second. They go to their high school and they do all these reps and stuff. And I come back and look at them. I go, what were you doing? What happened? We kind of lost ground here. You know, I throw that out there. Well, I mean, that kind of moves to another point I was talking about is when you, in your pursuit to do more, you also increase the risk of more noise coming into what you're doing. And what I mean by noise is those bad reps. And the, the, the response, which generally is, Okay, man, I didn't do that right. I didn't do that right. I didn't do that right. So let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. But you've also got to understand sometimes it's best just to walk away. Oh. And okay. and that's intelligent training too. Some days you're just not going to have it. Some days things aren't going to sync up. Some days your body's just not going to respond. And that's when you need to have the ability to say, okay, you know what? Let's stop this activity. Maybe we, maybe we stop practice all together or maybe we redirect to a different activity but you don't want that to me you you don't want that noise to pollute what you're trying to do so for instance you know i may have athletes who are doing block starts and they're just having a hard time getting in sync getting in sync and i'll say okay we're done for today but oh, okay. let, me it, let me try it again it's like no we're done because now all you're doing is letting more noise come into what you've been doing and so the next time you come out here, you're going to be even more confused. So, you know, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Yeah. And, and I, that's I, intelligent training as well. Uh, not just trying to beast mode or bull yourself through a workout. And that requires intelligence in terms of listening to your body and knowing when things are appropriate and you've got the optimal environment to learn and, and, and get the most out of something, 
and when it's not the right environment. Right. So I think that's another area. And then also with that, I think athletes don't know how to commit to what works. You know, there's always this chase for mm. a better training module, a better bat, a better this, right. you know, all these other things. And they get on the, this path. It's like, well, why did you leave what works? You know, this is proven to work for you. Why not stay with that? But instead, they're always looking, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. This maybe there's another there's a prettier girl that that I can date. You know, there's no there's a more handsome guy that I can date. In, instead of understanding, hey, this is working for me right now. Let me stay with this. Maybe we refine, maybe we tinker with, maybe we make some experiment, some other little things. But they're they're so quick to leave what's working for them for uh, magic beans. And we talk about that in one of our other podcasts. And and I think a lot of that has to do because what works after a period of time gets boring. Right. And, and they're trying to find other ways to stimulate themselves, but it's like results are results. <laughs> and right. you've got to figure out, well, I've been kind of doing the same thing for a while. It hasn't changed, but my perception of it has changed. And maybe I need to change my perception to something where I can dive back into this and, you know, and grasp with some vigor and some enthusiasm what I've been doing this whole time. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, there's, there's so many times where I've got athletes who are so quick to want to change their workouts. And really, we haven't been doing it for that long, but they think they right. have kind of gotten bored with it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so, well, you know what, coach? Well, I thought I'd do, I, I'd add this in. And then now I got to be Jackie Childs, you know? Who told you to put the bomb on? You know? Uh, and you, right. Pinefield <laughs> fans will, will, uh, <laughs> will appreciate that. It's like, Oh, well, my my elbows bother me now. Well, I thought I'd just add this these weighted ball exercises I saw on on the uh internet or my friend told me about. And I'm like, dude, why'd you put the bomb on? Mm-hmm. What we were doing was working. You were moving along, you're fine, you're progressing, you're not hurt, but that's the mentality. And people don't understand that sometimes it's the simplicity of things that allow you the greatest gains. It's it, you, you see it in you see it in finance. You know they talk about just you know just investing in the 500 index is going to give you a greater return over time than trying to jump into all these other financial derivatives. You know. It, and the next greatest thing and Bitcoin and all of this, it's like, why not play the long game where your your, your ebbs and flows aren't as, as, your peaks and valleys aren't as high and as low, but you're always consistently gaining. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we, um, 
really have that mentality because our attention spans are so short. And I'm a guy who grew up in an era where, and maybe this analogy might make sense, where your, your parents bought a refrigerator or a TV and you had that refrigerator or TV for 30 years. Right. You know, it was just made to work. Every time you turn the switch on, it works. Nowadays, because people want all these bells and whistles added to their appliances, the lifespan, the lifespan of appliance of a refrigerator has gone down now from 20 years to five years. And my thing is this, people get away from their main purpose. If the job of refrigerators keep your food cold and stored properly, why the hell do you care if it connects to your Wi-Fi? Why the hell do you care if it if, if it pulls up a menu for you to, to choose from and eat? All these added things, these magic beans, actually affect the lifespan of the refrigerator. Because yep. now your refrigerator doesn't go out because it can't cool things anymore. Now you got to replace it because the the controller module or the programming board goes out because it has 20 other things that it's trying to do. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and, I do. And so athletes get away from their core goal or their core, their core um, mission and what they need to do to be successful as an athlete because they now want to add on this thing. They want to add on this thing. They want to add on this thing. And all of those things can increase the risk of you going off the rails and can also shorten the lifespan. Yeah, I, I talk with pitchers all the time. Mm-hmm. Say, what's your focus? What's your main focus? And a lot of kids will say, oh, well, you know, to throw harder. You know, I got to throw, or to throw strikes. Say, no, your goal is to get guys out. That's it. Never lose sight of that. Your goal is to get guys out. Be effective mm-hmm. at getting guys out. Now, that might include velocity if you're that type of athlete. It might include pitch location or the types of pitches you throw, the spin on the ball, all those sorts of things. But I had a guy who probably had what, an eight year major league career he was a second round draft pick out of foothill high school and he got guys out by making them hit ground balls sure did not striking them out (laughs) did sure did not striking them out but his job was to get guys out not to strike them out not to blow the ball past them and i think you know, sometimes we get caught up in all of those those other things because those are the highlights. <clears throat> those are the things that guys who are trying to sell you programs and mm-hmm. sell you equipment, you know, are vested in versus you saying, well, is this going to help me with my core mission? If it doesn't help you with your core mission or it puts you at risk because now you're trying to throw a ball a certain way that isn't natural to you, 
and now it puts your arm at risk or now it reduces your longevity <clears throat> in the sport, then <clears throat> I don't think it's something that that needs to, to be done. Perfect example, Robert Stevenson. And I'll, I don't hate to bring him up, but he is a perfect example. Yes. This guy keeps it very simple. And we layer things and we, you know, we might change and tinker. And again, through that collaborative effort that we have, we figure things out. But there are a lot of guys drafted that same year as him. He's the only one that's still in the bigs. Hasn't flamed out with an injury or not being able to be productive because he keeps it simple. And he continues to figure out, hey, this is what works for me. And I'm not going to stray from that. And and I think people don't, uh, people underestimate that ability. If you've got a coach out there, does, he doesn't have to be the most sophisticated coach or, or trainer. Mm-hmm. But if what you guys are doing is working, then you stick with it. And if it stops working, then you have a conversation and you say, hey, how can we retool this? I don't think this is working as effectively as before. Collaborate, figure it out, and then go from there. And if it then doesn't work, then maybe you look for another direction. But I think we're always looking over the fence. We're always looking for the next pretty face. We're always looking for... You know, the next magic bean <clears throat> that, you know, everyone thinks is going to help them. And they eventually move away from what got them there. And in most cases, what got you there is probably what's going to keep you there. Speaking intelligently has <laughs> happened just now. And that is from the source. And I love it. And that's going to wrap us up today, Aaron. Thanks for listening today. This is Coach Eric Johnson, EJ, the brand. This is Coach Aaron Thigpen, the source. We'll see you.